Hello and welcome again to the podcast of the Golden Book of Marcus Aurelius. My name is Barry Vickers. There's a website to go with this podcast. It's www.themapodcast.wordpress.com and there's also a book which is available in Amazon. If you uh, Google the Golden Book of Marcus Aurelius and my name, you'll find it there. And if you visit the website, there's links to it there too. This time, I'd like to read book three. Book three, I find very interesting, being the intersection of book two, in which Marcus at one point had supposed, what if there was no gods? And then he immediately backtracked and said, of course there is. But there's also an interesting reference in book three to a single god, which is interesting, suggesting maybe that Marcus was either monotheistic although he was no friend to the Christians, I can assure you, at least by reputation, or perhaps that he didn't believe in God at all, uh, or perhaps he was just the only person in the entire empire who could make such suppositions without fear of retribution. Anyway, it's a really enjoyable book, and Marcus tells us some stories of Hippocrates and Alexander and others, makes some other references. Let's get started. Book three. We ought to consider not only that our life is daily wasting away and a smaller part of it is left, but another thing also must be taken into the account, that if a man should live longer, it's quite uncertain whether the understanding will still continue sufficient for the comprehension of things and to retain the power of contemplation which strives to acquire the knowledge of the divine and the human. For if he shall begin to fall into dotage, perspiration and nutrition and imagine and appetite and whatever else there is of the kind will not fail but the power of making use of ourselves and filling up the measure of our duty and clearly separating all appearances and considering whether a man should now depart from life from whatever else of the kind absolutely requires a disciplined reason all this is already extinguished we must make haste then not only because we are daily nearer to death but also because the conception of things and the understanding of them cease first. We ought to observe also that even the things which follow after the things which are produced according to nature contain something pleasing and attractive. For instance, when bread is baked, some parts are split at the surface, and these parts which thus open and have a certain fashion contrary to the purpose of the baker's art are beautiful, and in a manner and in a peculiar way excite a desire for eating. And again, figs, when they are quite ripe, gape open, and in the ripe olives, the very circumstances of their being nearer to rottenness adds a peculiar beauty to the fruit. And the ears of corn bending down, and the lion's eyebrows, and the foam which flows from the mouth of wild boars, and many other things, though they are far from being beautiful, if a man should examine them severally still, because they are consequent upon the things which are formed by nature, help to adorn them. And they please the mind, so that if a man should have a feeling and deeper insight with respect to the things which are produced in the universe, there is hardly one of those which follow by way of consequence, which will not seem to him to be in a manner disposed as to give pleasure. And so he will see even the real gaping jaws of wild beasts with no less pleasure than those which painters and sculptors show by imitation, and an old woman and an old man he will be able to see certain maturity and comeliness, and the attractive loveliness of young persons 
he will be able to look on with chaste eyes. And many such things will present themselves, not pleasing to every man, but to him only who has become truly familiar with nature and their works. Hippocrates, after curing many diseases himself, fell sick and died. The shall die foretold the deaths of many, and then fate caught them too. Alexander and Pompeius and Caius Caesar, after so often completely destroying whole cities and in battle, cutting to pieces many ten thousands of cavalry and infantry, themselves too at last departed from life. Heraclitus, after so many speculations on the conflagration of the universe, was filled with water internally and died smeared all over with mud. And lice destroyed Democritus and other lice killed Socrates. What means all this? Thou hast embarked, thou hast made the voyage, thou art come shore, get out. If indeed to another life there is no want of gods, not even there, but if to a state without sensation thou wilt cease to be held by pains and pleasures, and to be a slave to the vessel which is much inferior as that which serves it is superior. For the one is intelligence and deity, the other is earth and corruption. Do not waste the remainder of thy life in thoughts about others when thou dost not refer thy thoughts to some object of common utility. For thou losest the opportunity of doing something else when thou hast such thoughts as these. What is such a person doing and why? And what is he saying and what is he thinking of? And what is he contriving? And whatever else of the, of the kind makes us wander away from the observation of our own ruling power. We ought then to check in the series of our thoughts everything that is without a purpose and useless. But most of all the over-curious feeling and the malignant, and a man should use himself to think of those things only about which, if one should suddenly ask, what hast thou now in thy thoughts? With perfect openness thou mightest immediately answer, this or that, so that from thy words it should be plain that everything thee is simple and benevolent, and such as befits a social animal, and one that cares not for thoughts about pleasure or sensual enjoyments at all, nor has any rivalry or envy and suspicion or anything else for which thou wouldst blush if thou should say that thou hast it in thy mind. For a man who is such and no longer delays being among the number of the beast, he is like a priest and minister of the gods, using too the deity which is planted within him, which makes the man uncontaminated by pleasure, unharmed by any pain, untouched by any insult, feeling no wrong, a fighter in the noblest fight, one who cannot be overpowered by any passion, died deep with justice, accepting all with his soul everything which happens and is assigned to him as his portion. And not often, nor yet without great necessity and for the general interest, imagining what other says or does or thinks. For it is only what belongs to himself that he makes the matter of his activity, and he constantly thinks of that which is allotted to himself out of the sum total of things, and he makes his own acts fair, and he is persuaded that his own portion is good. For the lot which is assigned to each man is carried along with him, and carries him along with it. And he remembers also that every rational animal is his kinsman, and to care for all men is according to man's nature, and a man should hold on to the opinion not of all, but of those who only confessedly live according to nature. 
but as to those who live not so, he always bears in mind what kind of men they are both at home and from home, both by night and by day, and what they are, and with what men they live in a pure life. Accordingly, he does not value at all the praise which comes from such men, since they are not even satisfied with themselves. Labour not unwillingly, nor without regard to the common interest, nor without due consideration, nor with distraction, nor let studied ornaments set off their thoughts, and be not either a man of many words or busy about too many things. And further, let the deity which is in thee be the guardian of a living being, manly and of riper age and engaged in matter political, and a Roman and a ruler, who has taken his post like a man waiting for the signal which summons him from life, and ready to go, having need neither of oath nor of any man's testimony. Be cheerful also, and seek out eternal help, nor the tranquillity which others give. A man must stand erect, not be kept erect by others. If thou findest in human life anything better than justice, truth, temperance, fortitude, and in a word, anything better than thine own mind's self-satisfaction in the things which enable thee to do according to the right season and in the condition that is assigned to thee without thy own choice, if, I say, thou seest anything better than this, turn to it with all thy soul and enjoy that which thou hast found to be the best. But if nothing appears to be better than the deity which is planted in thee, which has subjected itself to all thy appetites, and carefully examines all the impressions, and, as Socrates said, has detached itself from the persuasions of sense, and has submitted itself to the gods and cares for mankind. If thou findest everything else smaller and of less value than this, give place to nothing else, for if thou dost once diverge and incline to it, thou wilt no longer, without distraction, be able to give the preference to the good thing, which is thy proper possession and thy own. For it is not right that anything of any other kind, such as praise from the many, or power, or enjoyment of pleasure, should come into contemplation with that which is rationally and politically or practically good. All these things, even though they may seem to adapt themselves to the better things in a small degree, obtain the superiority all at once and carry us away. But do thou, I say, simply and freely choose the better and hold to it. But that which is useful is better. Well then, if it is useful to thee as a rational being, keep to it. But if it is only useful to thee as an animal, say so and maintain thy judgment without arrogance. Only take care that thou makes the inquiry by a sure method. Never value anything as profitable to thyself which can compel thee to break thy promise, to lose thy self-respect, to hate any man, to, to suspect, to curse, to act the hypocrite, to desire anything which needs walls and curtains. For he who has preferred to everything intelligence and demon and the worship of its excellence acts no tragic part, does not groan, will not need either solitude or much company. Um, what is chief of all, he will live without either pursuing or flying from death but whether for a longer or a short time he shall have the soul enclosed in the body and cares not for all for even if he must depart immediately he will go as readily as if he were going to do anything else which can be done with decency and order taking care of this only all through life that his thoughts turn not away from anything which belongs to an intelligent animal and a member of a civil community
In the mind of one who is chastened and purified, thou wilt find no corrupt matter, nor impurity, nor any sore skimmed over. Nor in his life incomplete when fate overtakes him, as one may say of an actor who leaves the stage before ending and finishing the play. Besides, there is in him nothing servile nor affected, nor too closely bound to other things, nor yet detached from other things, not worthy of blame, nothing which seeks a hiding place. Reverence, the faculty which produces opinion. On this faculty, it entirely depends whether there shall exist in thy ruling part any opinion inconsistent with nature and the constitution of the rational animal. And this faculty promises freedom from hasty judgment and friendship towards men and obedience to the gods. Throwing away then all things, hold to these only which are few, and besides bear in mind that every man lives only this present time, which is an indivisible point, and that all the rest of his life is either past or it's uncertain. Short then is the time in which every man lives, and the small the nook of the earth where he lives. And short too the longest posthumous fame, and even this only continued by a succession of poor human beings who will very soon die, and who will not know even themselves, much less him who died long ago. To the aids which have been mentioned, let this one still be added. Make for thyself a definition or description of the thing which is presented to thee, so as to, to see distinctly what kind of a thing it is in its substance, in its nudity, in its complete entirety, and tell thyself its proper name and the names of the things of which it has been compounded and into which it will be resolved. For nothing is so productive of elevation of mind as to be able to examine methodically and truly every object which is presented to thee in life and always to look at things so as to see at the same time what kind of universe this is and what kind of use everything performs in it and what value everything has with reference to the whole um, with reference to man who is a citizen of the highest city of which all other cities are like families what each thing is and of what it is composed and how long is the nature of this thing to endure and now makes an impression on me, and what virtue I have need of respect to it, such as gentleness, manliness, truth, fidelity, simplicity, contentment, and the rest. Wherefore, on every occasion a man should say, This comes from God, and this according to the appointment and spinning of the thread of destiny, and such like conscious and chance, and this is from one and the same stock, and a kinsman and partner, one who knows not, however, what is according to nature. But I know, for this reason I behave towards him according to the natural law of fellowship with benevolence and justice. At the same time, however, in things indifferent, I attempt to ascertain the value of each. If thou workest at that which is before thee, following the right reason seriously, vigorously, calmly, without allowing anything else to distract thee, but keeping thy divine part pure, as if thou should be bound to give it back immediately, if thou holdest to this, expecting nothing, fearing nothing, but satisfied with thy present activity according to nature, and with heroic truth in every word and sound which thou utterest, thou wilt live happy. And there is no man who is able to prevent this. As physicians have always their instruments and knives ready for the cases which suddenly require their skill, so do thou have principles ready for the understanding of things divine and human, and for doing everything, even with the smallest 
with the recollection of the bond which unites the divine and human to another. For neither wilt thou do anything well which pertains to a man without the same time having a reference to the things divine, nor the contrary. No longer wander at hazard, for neither wilt thou read thine own memoirs, nor the acts of the ancient Romans or Helens. And the selections from books which thou wast reserving for thy old age. Hasten then to the end which thou hast before thee, and throwing away idle hopes, come to thy own aid. If thou, if thou carest at all for thyself, while it's in thy power. They know not how many things are signified by the words stealing, sowing, buying, keeping quiet, seeing what ought to be done. For this is not affected by the eyes, but by another kind of vision. Body, soul, intelligence. To the body belong sensations, to the soul appetites, to the intelligence principles. To receive the impression of forms by means of appearances belongs even to the animals. To be pulled by the strings of desire belongs both to the wild beasts and to men who have made themselves into women, and to Phalaris and a Nero, and to have the intelligence that guides to the things which appear subtle belongs also to those who do not believe in the gods, and who betray their country and do their impure deeds when they have shut the doors. If then everything else is common to all that I have mentioned, there remains that which is peculiar to the good man, to be pleased and content with what happens, and with the thread which is spun for him, and not to defile the divinity which is planted in his breast, nor disturb it by a crowd of images, but to preserve it tranquil, following it obediently as a god, never saying anything contrary to the truth, nor doing anything contrary to justice. And if all men refuse to believe that he lives a simple, modest and contented life, he is neither angry with any of them, nor does he deviate from the way which leads to the end of the life, to which a man ought to become pure, tranquil, ready to depart, and with any compulsion perfectly reconciled to his lot. So that's the end of book three. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. My name is Barry Vickers, and a reminder again, that the website for this podcast is the mapodcast.wordpress.com. But for now, goodbye. Thank you for listening.